0: Hi folks, Steve Urban here, host of the Riderflex podcast and founder and CEO of our day job, recruiting firm Riderflex. We hope you enjoy this episode. And as a reminder, please subscribe to the podcast for updates and news. Finally, if you haven't already, check out the series of books we've published on hiring, interviewing, and overall career advice titled The Rider Flex Guide, available on Amazon. And now, a quick word from our sponsor.
1: Most homeowners don't have the time or expertise to properly take care of their home, which causes costly issues to arise. That's where Cura Home Maintenance comes in. We're a full-service, routine maintenance company that was developed by a certified home inspector. Each quarter, we service our clients' homes following manufacturer's recommendations to properly maintain all the necessary appliances. We provide the materials and expertise to prolong the life of your property, creating a healthy and efficient environment for your family. From top to bottom, we'll maintain and service your home. To get started, we have a property inspection to determine what needs to be maintained, and a maintenance plan is created based on your preferences. From refrigerator coils to filters, vents, and drains, we do it all, and we do it well. Contact us today for your free, routine maintenance inspection. And never worry about your maintenance again.
0: Sharon Madison on the Rider Flex podcast. Hello, Sharon. How are you? Hi, Steve. I'm good. Great. Where are you located today? In Denver. In Denver. Okay. What do you live downtown? What part? What what Uh, area?
2: You know, close to downtown. I mean, like East Sloan's Lake, but it is literally like less than a mile from downtown.
0: Okay, is Denver going to get better? Uh, are we? Are we? Is it, it going to go north again, or is it going to continue to deteriorate? Um, slamming my Denver. Uh, the, the I don't know the the homeless situation, the trash. What what's going on, Sharon? When when are we gonna? When are we gonna?
2: I uh, you know what? I don't know. Um, it is a little worrisome. A
1: little so
2: you know, I spend the winters in Tucson. And then, so we do, I have a nonprofit here. We'll get to that later. Nonprofit in Tucson. So half the year I'm down there running the nonprofit. Half yeah. year the year here, I'm running the nonprofit. And when we come back, like in May, it's like, it was like, this year was a shock. Um, yep. On all the homelessness we saw, number one, um, the traffic is unbelievable. Right. It used to never bother me. Know, but then when I- you kind of get down, you know, go somewhere else, you know like you you're in wyoming
0: yeah, yeah. i see and like you- i see like one person an hour
2: yeah right <laughs> and then you come here to denver and you're like in <laughs> shock so
0: yeah. um i'm yeah. not I hey i'm not slamming my my i mean hey i live north of denver i just you know downtown we could do a whole podcast episode on it hopefully it uh the, the it stops we need to stop the bleeding anyway right. um Sharon, before we get started with uh, We Ride 4, the nonprofit, tell all the listeners about yourself personally. Uh, yeah, I like the logo there. Nice. You uh, know, history, mom, dad, siblings, where you grew up, go for it.
2: Okay. So I grew up in a little town in Nebraska called Steener, Nebraska, um, mm-hmm. a town of 100 people. Ooh. And we had 10 kids in my family.
0: Wow. Your family dominated the entire
2: town we pretty much dominated the entire town uh, right um so you know it was great growing up in that little town because you you learned a lot of values you know a lot of really good values I think yeah. I'm the only human being out there almost who doesn't swear you know and you really know, were I,
0: your folks were your folks pretty religious pretty conservative oh, church church going all yeah. that
2: yeah well we lived next door to the Catholic Church and you had to be on your desk wanted to miss mass. so um but you know you got your mouth washed out if you said any swear words so I think that's been instilled in me you know it's just like I don't swear because I think my mom will still come down from above and strike <laughs> me if I, if I do swear so um yeah I get teased about that a lot you know you know don't swear in front of mom you know when I used to race they always called me mama. And they don't swear in front of mama,
0: you know, so it it just kind of became a joke. You know, uh, so I'll be 56 in August, um, you know, and still to this day, I do not say curse words in front of my mother. She was, uh, she is, she's, uh, you know, very religious, grew up in Oklahoma, you know, very, you know, conservative, religious, like, you just didn't, you just don't curse in front of her. I mean, you just don't, right? You have to respect more than anything. Hell, I don't even... If I drink in front of her, I I put it in like a a cup where it's like, it's hidden. (laughs) So She doesn't know. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure she probably smells it, but I make myself feel better by hiding it in a cup. Even now at this age. I love it. Uh, it. Very interesting. So your mom was like that. Is your mom still with us or or you said come down from heaven. So she passed away.
2: No. So both. Yeah. So both my parents. Passed away in April of 17. Um, my dad was 98. Wow. My mom was 95. Holy um, cow. they didn't have any health issues. They were fine. They were pretty much pretty good mentally, even too. And my dad just woke up one day after Easter in 2017, and he woke up and he said to my sister went down to visit that he wasn't feeling great. And he went back to bed and he never woke up. And then Three weeks to the day later, my mom passed away, and we thought she'd stay around for like six months, um, but no, it's three weeks to the day later. And what she so what
0: she passed from?
2: She fell asleep too, and what? Just, yeah, that's how they long. both. So they both went that way. So it's bittersweet. Number one, it's a shock because you think your parents are going to live forever, and it's not like they had any. and she just kind of didn't sound right. And I wasn't understanding her. And I asked her if she was tired and I asked her if I can call her back. And, and she said, no, she didn't want me to hang up. And I thought this is weird, but I couldn't understand her. And so then, um, the only thing I understood was I love you. And that was it. And so I called my, um, sister, my sister, I said, something's wrong with mom. And she said, I just spoke to her. She's fine. And I go, no, she's not fine. I said, I couldn't understand her. And then I called my brother who was a hospice doctor and he goes, I said, something's wrong with mom. No, she's fine. I just talked to her. So they're telling me she's fine. So my younger sister did go down and check on her and immediately knew and said, mom's ready to go. So she wow. literally that Monday morning just said to my sister, just tell your siblings, I'm proud of them and I love them. And she went to sleep and never woke up. So
0: that is, uh, yeah. what is, what a story. I mean, they were married for how many years? 74. 74 years married, died within three weeks of each other and yes. both died in their sleep peacefully. Yes. That yes. is uh wow. That's, yes. that's a Wow.
2: I could not say it's so funny. This is a, this is the funniest part was when my mom was 90, she said, kept saying, I want a divorce. I want a divorce. And we're all laughing at her like, mom, you're 90 years of that, of that long time ago. Not when you're 90, you know, as they got older, I could tell they started just driving each other crazy, but you know, they did, they, you know, they did well. And I mean, 74 years is a long time. And my mom was My mom was pregnant 13 times in 17 years. How about that?
0: Wow. Okay. Yeah,
2: Can't imagine. (laughs) Can't imagine.
0: No, I can't imagine. Well, one last uh, thing on that before we move away from your immediate family there. Some of the younger generation listening to this episode have probably never heard the term, I will wash your mouth out with soap. But <laughs> I, that was uh, a readily uh, available in, in my childhood. I can guarantee you.
2: <laughs> yes.
0: <laughs> today, today, someone would call like the authorities on you for. They like, would call the authorities. Oh, <laughs> so, uh, okay. So <laughs> appreciate you. Appreciate you sharing that. Um, how about now for you? Now, uh, married, kids, partners, single, divorced. What? What's? What's your? What's Good. your situation?
2: So, I was married for 28 years okay. um, with my ex for 30 years. Okay. And he's a great guy. We get along. Um, he's truly just a great guy. I think we just fell apart. I'm the Energizer Bunny, and he's kind of not as Energizer Bunny fast paced like me, I guess. Um, but okay. he is a great guy. So, Um, we had two boys together and we did great raising them. So we had, um, you know, Eric and Zachary and, um, and then Eric, if you want me to go on, um, Eric, I lost in 2016. Oh, I'm sorry. 2016. Oh, what happened? So he, um, it was just a freak, freak accident. He worked for United launch Alliance. He okay. had a great job with them. He was working late on election night um, to do a launch in Vandenberg that Friday. Okay. And all we can think is he grabbed the waste basket because he wasn't feeling well. And I think he thought he was going to get sick. Um, he passed out and then he asphyxiated and died.
0: By himself? And was he alone?
2: He was alone. It was just, yeah, the worst. Oh, my
0: gosh. My oh, life. my gosh. Um, it's terrible i'm sorry
2: yeah the cleaning crew the cleaning crew found him and you know we did an autopsy you know to try to you mm. know figure out why and mm. we got no answers so unfortunately my why will never get answered
0: oh, that's terrible to... i'm sorry sharon that's, Thank that's you. was he married kids was he a single no, he
2: was 27 years old he had a girlfriend elizabeth who i still keep in touch with just lovely i'm sure if he was around they would have ended up getting married um
0: that's a bummer i'm so sorry oh
2: yeah so it's you know gets rough sometimes you know
0: i bet how about your other son my other
2: son zachary he lives here in denver he actually lives downtown um he works for the Arbatus center he's into the theater and the arts um he does stage management he absolutely loves it he's great at what he does um He was going to go into medical school and kind of did an about face. I mean, but he did great on the MCATs, great all the way through college. But, you know, he did a couple internships through college and he's, you know, I think he saw how the system is broken. Okay. And so, you know, but he always had a minor, he was doing a minor in theater. So he just stayed with theater and he loves it. And you know what? As long as they're happy with what they do, they're enjoying yeah. their job. You know what? That's what matters.
0: That's totally, what matters. Yeah. Couldn't agree yeah. more. Yeah. Hey, if you're doing what makes you happy, good for you. I mean, hey, right. bless bless your heart. If, you, if you're, there are so many people getting up and going to work every day that hate it. Right. Because they have trapped themselves into this materialistic world where they think they, you know, they have to have a certain house or a certain car or live in a certain neighborhood and they somehow thought that was going to make them happy but meanwhile they wake up every day and drive to a job that they just can't stand i mean i feel sorry for those people no it's so
2: true it's so yeah, true
0: yeah so yeah. good for him yeah good for him well um let's back up a little bit when you uh when you left the small town um i'm looking at your linkedin profile and i there's not i don't see there's not a ton on there that i can pull from oh
2: you know what yep. there's two profiles up there oh. um I, you know, the other one hasn't really totally been updated. The oh. more recent, with the bike photo, there the is bike. another profile oh. of me. Um, oh, I
0: see. I in see. And a dress
2: and a lot younger. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, tell us uh, where, where did you go to school? What did you do after you left the small town? And tell us about you obviously raised two sons, but did you have an early career and all that? Walk us through some of that.
2: I did. So I, um, I immediately I started modeling school which is kind oh. of like a weird right. thing but All so right. I did um I gotta so right pull up like, I
0: don't know I, I gotta pull up the other photo right now I gotta see if it's, <laughs> you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry go ahead it's
2: definitely not one of my modeling shots it's after that um anyway so I don't I was into fashion and so I decided um you know to go into modeling school, you know, now I look back, I don't know why, but you know, it was great experience. It truly was. Um, so I moved to Omaha. I had a job in Omaha set up after I graduated with a high-end store there. Um, I see Polo, Ralph I then, Lauren. now,
0: now I got the profile pulled up.
2: Polo Ralph Lauren wasn't the store there, but yes, I was there for oh. eight years.
0: Oh, okay. 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 All yeah. right. All so right.
2: It was Hoblin Swanson's, which is no longer around. So, um, So I worked for them, Uh, you know, I was in, I managed the men's department, I helped with a little buying kind of a mixture of stuff. And I continued to do, you know, some modeling jobs here and there, I did go through modeling school for about a year. Cool. Um, And I, you know, I did, you know, I learned a lot, you know, from it, I can't say it was a waste of money, because it wasn't. And then and I did that for a few years, then 81, I got offered um, a job out here um, with, fashion bar. Is this before you that, were
0: married? Before you were married? Yes. Yeah. Okay.
2: All this right. is definitely before I was married. No, All
1: you right. know, All right. nobody
2: in my life, you know, then. And so I got offered a job by fashion bar and they offered to move me out here and they had a, a management kind of merchandise training program and it was a year long course. So it okay. was a course That they offered that in the basement of their store downtown so you had studies and you learned so you did this course and it was like a year and then you also worked out on the floor and learned other things um you know about the business etc
0: okay When, when all right go ahead yeah go ahead
2: i did that for so i went through that course did that for well i don't know at least my time zone i was there for a year probably a little bit over a year and then Perkins Shear reached out to me. That was a high-end clothing store here in Denver. Asked me to come work for them over at their store at University Hills. Um, so they offered me a job over there. So I went over there.
0: Can I, I pause moved. you? Can I pause you real quick? No bike riding and no major fitness stuff at this point yet. That wasn't quite there yet. Or were you no, always in? No, into- Okay.
2: No, I was just. I mean, I would. I would say, I should say that I sort of became, once I moved to Denver, a gym rat, you know, I'd go to the gym and go work out and stuff. Okay. You know, I, I kind of pretty much just did that, but I really, none of the, none, no biking, nothing that started when I was 40. That's where I jumped into that.
0: Wow. Okay. I didn't know that. That's what. Yeah. So that came
2: later in life.
0: So when were you a fitness instructor was the same time when you started getting into biking? You started being a fitness instructor what ninety four?
2: Um, yes. So that's kind of when I started. I mean, I was a gym rat. So then I became a fitness I instructor. I see. Um.
0: Okay. You
2: know, I did that for years. I was still, I was still in. You know, I was at Polo Ralph Lauren. Then uh, Perkins Shear also had Polo Ralph Lauren. So I just kept moving up in the store, and then I went over to help manage that store. And then I ended up, then I, then the babies came. So that's why, so then, you know, Eric came first. So I quit working. And then, um, you know, once he got into preschool, I went back part time and then I got into wholesale. So I worked out at the Denver merchandise mart, sold women's apparel and got into wholesale.
0: What was your husband doing at the time? He's a lawyer. Oh, he's a lawyer. Oh, man, that might not have, that would that, okay. Did he went, did he win in the divorce? Cause he was a lawyer or you had a good lawyer. No, I'm just joking. You don't have to answer yeah, that. We
2: stayed, you know, we just stayed away. Uh, we just tried to stay away from lawyers. I was very, I can't tell you how lucky I am. Like, you know, he checks in on me, you know, we can go to events together. He's with his girlfriend. I'm with my guy, you know, it, it's wow. people are always jealous. Cause they're like, oh my gosh, I wish I could have that relationship with my ex that you have. I mean, he truly is a great guy.
0: Well, that's so. good. Oh, sorry, I didn't mean to double back on that. Okay. No, that's okay. How did the, uh, walk us into the, so the, how'd the biking kind of get started? Like, how'd that start? So
2: when I turned 40, I decided that's what I wanted for my birthday. So I went and got a bike. Um, I did a custom bike and, that's what I got for my 40th birthday. And I Look, just started. Well,
0: what triggered that though? Was there a friend biking? Were there some people like, hey, come biking with us? Yeah. What?
2: Well, there was a friend who always came to my spin class and we worked out together. I see. Um, and they're like, you know, there actually was three of us, and we were all turning, you know, 40 and we all kind of said, let's just go get a bike and let's just start riding. So I remember I got my bike, picked it up. And the next day I went and did the elephant rock 65 mile ride. Were, oh, you, in,
0: were you in shape for it? I mean, could you, could yeah, you I hit? was
2: in pretty good shape because I was a gym rat, but you know, biking, you're still using totally different set of muscles and stuff. And I mean, I did it, but Oh, what was I kind of hurting? I was, you know, had a camel <laughs> back on, which I would never wear now cycling and, you know, <laughs> I was new to it. So I kind of looked like a Doris, you know, with my little camel back and, you know
0: (laughs) were you were you immediately looking around going oh okay is that what you're supposed to wear oh is that shoes okay is that this you're like making little notes i need to get this i need to get that (laughs) You you know what you see all varieties even to this day you see
2: all varieties all different looks you know um but yeah i've become a snob on the look and what you should wear and what you should not wear. Uh, And if somebody comes to the, you know, if somebody comes on a ride or something and they're like, watch out, you might get it from Sharon.
0: (laughs) So you started really entrenching yourself in the community. Then during this time, you started, you you went to all the events, you knew all the main riders. Then did you, um, did you get super competitive? Did you go to a um, bunch of.
2: No, I, I, mean, would were already, I would, you were, you were already I would say I was, yeah, pretty competitive and stuff. So I wasn't racing then um, in 2011. So in 2011, so then for my 50th birthday, I decided to have a mountain bike. So between 40 and 50, I was riding. I right. would do cycling events. And then when I was 50, I said, oh, I need to get a mountain bike. So... I get a mountain bike and needless to say, on one of the rides, I'm following the coach. I This coach I was working with who jumped up a curb. Okay. We're at the end of our ride and okay. he jumps, takes his bike and jumps up a curb. And I start going fast thinking I could jump up that curb and I slammed on my brakes. And so I got ejected and fractured my wrist and had plate and screws put in and I did what you're not supposed to do on a mountain bike. So. No. Oh,
0: um, bummer. Yeah.
2: so that came along when I was 50. But then, how then what happened was I went to this studio um, called Fast Labs. And they said to me, they were like, I, you know, I went in there because I couldn't train outside and they had compu trainers. Okay. I'm, you know, working out and they're looking at my numbers and they're like, why aren't you racing? I go, well, I don't want to race. I'm afraid of racing. They go, no, you need to be racing.
0: Ah, that's okay. So
2: then they threw the whole racing bug in me. So then I started racing. For the I, for the
0: 50 and up club? Was it by age? How does that work?
2: Uh, no, I started with cat four. So I don't, I know, had what, I don't know what ages. that
1: means.
2: Yeah, oh. so I had all ages in my group. Um, later, I did do age group, but the problem is a lot of those women in age group had been racing forever and ever and ever. Yeah. And so I'm like, I'm not jumping into that fire. So <laughs> I started with the cat four because then it's who have been only racing a few years.
0: Okay. Um, now, now, isn't that interesting? If you is it fair to say that if you hadn't fractured your wrist, you may never have got into racing.
2: Yeah, of course that's fair to say that.
0: You know, Absolutely. I mean, there, it's amazing how little things in life happen like that. Isn't it? Little doorways, yeah. little turn left, yep. turn right, something happens to you. Yeah. It's so amazing. Oh, interesting. Okay. Uh, and when you say racing, racing your regular bike or your mountain bike? Regular bike. Okay, regular bike. Did you keep Just your mountain bike? bike. You, you were still riding your mountain bike too, though.
2: Yes. So there I was you know. still I was still riding my mountain bike. Not as much. I couldn't ever get, I didn't like the technical stuff. Um, you know, there's a lot of rocks here in Colorado.
0: You got that right. yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No doubt. When did you what what's the first like big win? Like the first time we were like, wow, this is really something. I won this race. What was the first one?
2: Um, the first race that I raced, I think I got second or third place.
0: Okay. Okay.
2: So that's pretty you know, good.
1: That,
2: yeah. So let's put it this way, half of the, you know, through half the season, I got moved up. So, you know, I had a good season.
0: (laughs) Okay. All right. Uh, 50 years and up, I uh, did a uh, 5k run with a friend of mine. Uh I'll never forget. You know, after the races, you know, yeah, I know, you know, cause you do this for a living after the races, everybody gathers under the little tents and have the snacks and drinks and beers and whatever, you know, I'm standing there. Some girl runs over to me. She goes, are you Mr. Urban? Mr. Urban I said, yeah. She goes, congratulations. So she's holding this ribbon thing. She goes, you got first place in your division. I was like, <laughs> oh, that's great. And she, 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 I didn't know that. And she puts the thing around my neck and I said, well, how many people were in my division? She goes, oh, just you. <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh, I love it. I love uh, it.
0: <laughs> my friends just give me they just gave me hell for weeks after that. But anyway. Love it. Uh okay. Now yeah. what were you what were you doing for there was no at this time, you had no real prior nonprofit experience, no like secret desire to be nonprofit necessarily. That wasn't really a part of your life before that, was it? No. Okay. That
2: was so that was not part of my life at all. Um so I ran into at one of the pro cycling challenges. So you know, I got onto a race team, I was racing. Okay. So that kind of okay. went on for like 5 years or you know, okay. um training all the time, doing those wonderful intervals that we don't like to do and you know.
1: <laughs>
2: so then I was at the pro cycling challenge in Vail and somebody um it's actually I shouldn't say someone the guy i'm with now he actually was up there working okay. and he came up to me and he said you know i know a couple of women from your team and so then we started talking
0: that was his opening he- line you know what that really was it's like Man, i got he's like no gotta- we were both married
2: at the time oh, okay so it was okay, no okay. opening oh, okay, line. okay 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 sorry <laughs> so then okay. he i saw him again in denver and you know he said to me Um, there was another nonprofit and he said, I want to introduce you to them. He was on the board of this other nonprofit and he goes, I want to introduce you to them because what they do is get kids on bikes, but we've talked about starting a cycling club. And I was wondering if you would have any interest in that. So that's kind of how that started. And he introduced me, um, to this person. And so we kind of became like the three stooges for probably about, you know, three years where we were, you know, I helped them because they didn't know what they were doing. So I helped them build up the cycling club, you know, design the clothing, do all the stuff you need to do. So I ended up being with that nonprofit for over six years. Not
0: non paid. Is this a volunteer thing for you?
2: It was volunteer for several years until the last couple of years.
0: Okay. And Um, what were you doing for a living at that time? How were you paying the rent?
2: Um so that time I was wait was I wasn't doing that so that time how long was it I was getting my maintenance from my ex so that
0: helped That helped
2: Um yeah so I was using that I was just reinventing myself during this time Okay so, okay, so you had time. Play,
0: perfect yeah. perfect perfect timing cuz you had you had gone through the divorce you had a little income sliding your way perfect time to get involved in this right that worked out
2: I, good It no it worked out great you know, okay. it was just, I mean, and that's where I was lucky. My ex was great because he knew I had to cool. reinvent myself cool. and do that's something. Cool. And, and the kids selling. were and
0: the, and the kids were out of the house too. So yeah, they were
2: out of college. So I mean out of the house. So I it was it all, you know, so that helped a lot too.
0: Yeah, it's perfect. Instead of yeah. instead of you sitting around watching TV going, what the hell am I gonna do with my life? You're like, okay, let's let's try this.
2: <laughs> right, right. So I think through that process of being there over six years, I learned so much. Cool. I mean, I learned what to do, what not to do. Um, I truly learned a lot. That's um, great. And then you know, COVID hit, and they basically kind of shut down. Um, and so, you know, what was the also- name
0: of that? What was the name of that nonprofit? Wish for Wheels. What? What was it? <laughs> Wish for Wheels. Wish for Wales. Why? Why was that the name? Wheels. Wheels. Oh, wish for wheels. Sorry. 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 Wish okay. Now wheels. I got it. Now, now I got yeah. it. Okay. Cause you know, and it's,
2: you get kids out on the bikes.
0: I got you. All right. Very good. Uh, so COVID hit, it kind of shut down and then what, you're kind of having another moment. Like, what do I do now? Or or what? Right.
2: And it was kind of like, you know, you know, they wanted me to sign, you know, they wanted me to take over the club and it was like a 26 page contract. And <laughs> I just, you know, I just said, no, I'm not doing that. And go. so it was like going through a divorce all over again, to be Ooh. honest with you, Ooh. it broke my heart.
1: Oh, you know?
0: Oh, I'm sorry. I got, yeah. I'm sorry. It got a little messy at the end. That's too bad.
2: Yeah. yeah. It, I mean, it did break because the, um, that executive director, he was like a brother to me. So it, it was Bummer. a, it was a very tough time for me. Um, but then everybody came to me cause I built that club up and everybody kept coming to me, our clothing sponsor, you know, um, John and everybody kept saying, Sharon, you can do this on your own, start your own nonprofit. Sure. And I was, I was scared to death. They said, you can do it. You know, we're here to help you. We'll support you. You can do it. And it was the best thing they ever did. Truly getting laid off was the best thing that ever happened to me. At the time, you don't feel that way. And you're going through a lot of pain, a lot of tears, a lot of hurt. Um, But then it was truly the best thing that ever happened to me, because then I got to start my own nonprofit, I get to run it the way I want to run it. And, you know, do it the way that I feel is the best way. And if you know, you just keep learning as you move along. And I had so many people who believed in me, because I could not have done it without them.
0: That's such a let's take a pause right there for the listeners. Yes, when you get laid off, and I have been as well, I've been terminated, uh not just laid off. It is a devastating emotional time in your life. You know, your ego, your your short-term finances take a little bit of a hit. You know, so many things happen to you psychologically and even physically. It is it is a a blow. But most of the time, maybe not every time, but most of the time, it's it's probably fair to say that people can look back and go, you know what? If that hadn't happened, I wouldn't be here. I wouldn't now I wouldn't right. be doing this. And it's also for the listeners, before we get off the topic, it's a wonderful time to actually take a deep breath and go, wow, okay, here we are in this moment in my life where now from this point forward, I can do whatever I want to do. Like I can take whatever turn I want it to take. If I want to buy a van and drive to California and paint flowers on it, okay, do that. Whatever it is you want to do, like now is that moment. Now you now have been forced to call time out, and you can do whatever you want to do next. So for those people facing that, it can turn out positive. And I just wanted to mention that.
2: I mean it, and it's so true. And you have to. Sometimes I think we focus so much on the negative that we forget about the positive. Yes. Um and I always say to everybody a positive will come out of this. It will. Don't dwell on that negative and stay in that negative hole. A positive will come out of it.
0: Agreed. I mean yeah,
2: I agree. I'm just, you know, losing my son, of course there's no positive out of that, but um you know it's just It teaches you about, you know, life is short, et cetera. And you do learn stuff from it. But I mean, here I've gone from losing my son five months later, losing both parents, you know, then, you know, 2018, 19. So I had a couple smooth years. And then here 2020, getting laid off. But then I started this new nonprofit. And so, you know, it's just a lot going on and happening, but you know, you have to. Just keep putting one foot in front of the other. Yep. You have to keep moving forward. Keep moving it, forward. Yeah, yes. it's the key thing.
0: <laughs> just go, uh, go, go. So Yes, yes. Uh, that What's that famous scene where Sylvester Stallone's talking to his son in one of those Rocky movies and he's like, just keep pushing forward. Just yes. keep pushing forward. You have to keep pushing because life right. will life will beat you down if you let it.
2: <laughs> absolutely absolutely i mean you know we uh, all we all go through a lot of stuff i mean oh. i've had my crap but i know you and everybody else has had your share of crap and sure. you just
0: gotta go if you if, if you're over 50s you have all these scars on your back when you take you take your right. shirt off you have all these scars oh, that one scar right here yeah that one that happened <laughs> Yes, it's so uh, true. uh all right so your friends are telling you hey do your own thing and you're like okay uh so talk now's a good time let's roll into it right so
2: you have to understand it's COVID. everybody's locked down i mean nothing's going on so that's the best time ever to you know file all the papers you need to file and do everything you know get a website going and to do everything you need to do so we just you know got really busy and i you know i did have a couple volunteers who were great who helped me out and it helped me move forward and Um, At that time, I was down in Tucson, COVID hit. So I just stayed down there. I didn't come back. I was just kind of, you know, I was flying back and forth. You know, the Tucson chapter wasn't even existent. I was, John, you know, and I ended up getting together in 2000, the end of 2016. I see. You know, the one who was on the board of the other nonprofit. Okay. And so he, um, you know, built a place, was doing business down in Tucson So I would just kind of fly back and forth because I was still teaching spin. Oh, that's right, I forgot. That was my other job. I was, (laughs) I was teaching like twenty hours a week. So I
0: see. I see. Okay. So
2: I kept doing that. Um, So I was constantly teaching a lot of different fitness classes and stuff. So
0: okay, all right, and okay, and how did you come up with the name We Ride For? I'm curious.
2: So we ride for like who we sponsor here in Denver, lucky to ride. Okay, so we um, ride to give, but we ride for other nonprofits. So we're a nonprofit, but we help support other nonprofits to get more kids out on bikes.
0: I see, okay.
2: So in, in Tucson, we ride for Pueblo Road Warriors. So they're in South Tucson, they're a high school. And we get those kids out on
0: bikes. I see. Okay. That's how, by the way, for the listeners, it's we ride the number four dot org, right? We ride, we ride the number four dot org. Um, Okay. And so, uh, so that is your whole mission is to support other nonprofits that are tied to cycling and kids.
2: Yes, pretty much, but not 100%. Okay. Um, so I we have an MS team that we put together oh. every year. So it's Primal Audi Denver We Ride For. We okay. had our event at the end of June. Our team as a whole raised $126,000 for MS. As a cycling club, all my members, we raised over $50,000. How
0: about so that?
2: Just uh-huh. my members you know, raised over 50000 to donate to MS.
0: And how do you raise cash? Do you do do the cycling members? their have...
2: platform. So MS has a platform okay. that you use to raise. So, you know, you let everybody know you're on this team, you're raising money, you know, to help, you know, support MS research. And so then that's how that works with their platform.
0: And can you educate me? I'm sorry, I don't know this. Um, are, is each individual rider? and member of your club do they do they like call their friends and say hey i'm doing this race can you donate can you donate 100 Uh bucks or or is that yes so they post
2: you know they have it you know with social media now it's easy so they could just post on social media right and you know send out emails whatever so everybody raises you know their own money um i think i raised um a little over 1500 dollars. I you see. know, but I have one rider who raised over six thousand dollars.
0: And do know? they do they raise that cash, or they say, "Hey, can you donate X, like one dollar per mile, or can you just donate a certain amount for the race?" How do they do that?
2: So everybody just donates whatever they want to donate.
0: I see. Okay, very. So it's
2: good. Like so, every member in my club. So every member in my club who did it. I would just donate $25 to their fundraising page.
0: Okay. And do you have like a little chart? Johnny got the most donations, Mary. Was...
2: <laughs> yeah, the MS has <laughs> that whole chart. So I can go <laughs> in there. I know exactly where everybody is. So you have to raise a minimum of 400. That is required. I see. Um, and so, you know, I watch that closely because I'm the captain of the team. So, you know, if there's people who haven't made their 400, I give them ideas and tips. How to go out there and how to raise the four hundred dollars. So, okay, very good. There is a minute.
0: Okay, good. Is it a tax uh, benefit for me if I write a check to your organization? That's Absolutely. A, that's a, yeah, right.
2: Yeah, okay. so like on we write for. So if you donate, anybody who donates to we write for, I give them a tax donation receipt.
0: Perfect. So, Great. Yeah. Um, very good. Very so, good. Because
2: since you know we are a nonprofit, but again, you, as I mentioned, so I'm just going to. I want to you know we i'm about sharing the love okay. so we do designate one nonprofit in denver we designate one nonprofit in tucson but that does not mean we're not going to give to other nonprofits
0: okay so you'll do so, what if what if what if okay so for any nonprofit they could if they listen to this episode they can call you and say hey we want you to to come help us
2: um Well, I only have so much money, and I only have so much giving power. So usually what I do is, like another one, World Bicycle Relief, okay? Okay. That is a nonprofit in Africa. What they do is these kids walk five miles every day to school, right? Okay. So this organization gets kids on bikes.
0: Great. I think that's
2: awesome. So they can go to school. Awesome. So one of our members, he also is one of our sponsors. And he does a sponsorship for World Bicycle Relief. They're on our jersey. So he pays for a sponsorship to have them on our jersey. But he's very active with them. So last year at Christmas, I like to do surprise checks. Ah. So showed up at his door with a you know big fake check for $10,000
0: <laughs> and
2: gave it to him to give to World Bicycle Relief so they can give more of these kids, cool. you know, in Africa, bikes, so they oh, have a way to get to school besides walking.
0: I like that. Okay. Very good. How do you guys, I know you're nonprofit, but do you pay yourself something? You got to give yourself like an admin yeah. of some kind, right? Don't yeah, you? We
2: have, um, you know, cause so, you know, we have sponsorships, okay. you know, where you can get on your Jersey. We have donations, Okay. you know, we take the donations. We have the memberships. We have clothing sales.
0: Oh, so okay.
2: you know all these different all these different ways is how you know we bring money in and raise money. So yeah, of course we have to use x amount of dollars for operations because you do have all the operations. Sure. I mean, you have insurance, you have yep. Yep. accountant. Yeah, I mean, you have you know all those different expenses we have in everyday life. So
0: yes, um, oh.
2: so we definitely you know have the operation.
0: I see the shop I see the shop button now on the cart button on the website. that's cool. okay, yeah, very shop good. away. Yeah, all right., uh, <laughs> do you have employees? do you or do you call or do you ten ninety nine or people helping you? What's the setup of the team?
2: So I have two employees um you know, who work anywhere from ten to twenty hours a week. You know, okay. one is John um and the other one is this woman Prilla. She does a lot of my write- ups for me, a lot of the content stuff. Okay. So, you know, she helps me there. Um, and then I do have, you know, one, I pay, you know, contract. Um, so, and, you know, she's young and she's great. So she can help me a lot of with the more operation stuff. is kind okay. of what she helps me with. Does um,
0: Where's the bulk of your cash come in? Is it through the sponsor on the t-shirts and things? Is it through private single donations? Is it through company donations? is it through product purchase off the website how how would you rank them
2: i would rank i would say sponsorship is number 1 um and then number 2 is donations okay it's kind of pretty much okay. you know how it works
0: okay and this keeps you busy full time or you're not you're not doing any
2: oh my gosh 20 it's 24/7 i really need to um i work all the time yeah. i don't have an off time i it's not healthy. And I just, and I realize it's not healthy. So I do eventually like in the near, near future, I need to get an event person okay. or someone to really come on and really help with more of the operation stuff, because I really should go out there and be looking for sponsors. I should be looking for donations, Yes, but I'm doing all the day-to-day stuff.
1: Yep. So um,
2: yep. yeah, it's a it's a lot. So it's, here you go again. It's a negative and it's a positive. So
1: <laughs> yes,
2: I built up this great nonprofit. We are doing, you know, really, really well. We're able to, you know, give and help other nonprofits, but now I'm so busy, I have no time for me. So you're right.
0: Yeah, you're right. For it to go to the next level, somebody's got to take over tactical yes. day to day, and you gotta you gotta be the face out there shaking hands, kissing babies, asking people yes. to write checks, you know, all that stuff.
2: Yes, yes. So <laughs> Um, you know, eventually my goal is, you know, at the first of the year to kind of get out there and see if we can get somebody else in and to help me out a little bit more. And
0: is it, have you gotten comfortable asking people for money? Have you gotten used to it yet? Or is it still weird?
2: Um, it is, I would say I am better at it, but it's not, You know, it's not a hundred percent comfortable thing to say. (laughs) Hey, Steve, will you write me a check for twenty five thousand dollars? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's,
0: it's, it's... you know,
2: I always say I I feel more comfortable saying, um, you know, give what you can because Mm. if you think about it, you know, like, so I'll do giving Tuesday, Facebook giving Tuesday, and I always say, you know what, give what you can because if someone gives a dollar and somebody gives $100, it adds up, you know, whatever amount, but if you have a lot of people who give, it truly adds up. Mm. So I don't ever want anybody to feel pressure from me. So I'm going to just say, give what you're comfortable giving. Now our sponsorship levels. Yes, we have sponsorship levels. We have pricing for where you are on your jersey. Um, So that is definitely a set price and a set okay. amount. Okay, So that's a little different.
0: One of the I'll tell you what I love best, about what you're doing or can you, well, I don't know if you can guess, but I'll tell you what I, I love the most about it. But let me start with a short story about the people who live next to us. One of our neighbors lived right next door and their backyard is attached to our yard, you know, so we can hear and see them. They can hear and see us, you know, anyway, they have three little boys. I think they range from like 10 to two, something like that. Those boys are outside playing all the time. I mean, building castles, running around, making forts, you know, whatever. Like they are outside all the time. Like it used to be in the late 70s and 80s when we were kids. How about 60s? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, when we were kids, I play outside. And I told my neighbor, Grant, I said, Grant, I said, you do such a wonderful job. I said, those boys are outside all the time. And he goes, he goes, Hey man, he goes, I'm all about it. He goes, they don't have tablets. He goes, there's very, there's some TV, but not much. He goes, they, they will not, I will not raise kids sitting on the couch, holding a tablet with their face stuck in the screen all day long. He goes, they will be outside running around. And guess what? All of these boys are slim. They're not little fat kids. They're in decent shape. They're active. They're healthy. And I said, Grant, great job. I said, God knows we need way more of that right now in this country, way more. And so I was giving him a bunch of high fives. And so that my point is, that's what I love about what you're doing. We, we are in this culture of, of teaching kids. I mean, we, we are actually te- teaching kids to live in virtual worlds by wearing these things and like not actually going to do the thing but pretend like you're doing the thing. And I'm like, I tell my wife, I'm like, oh my God, what are we doing? Like, we got to get kids outside. They got to exercise for God's sakes. But anyway, that's what I love about- oh,
2: it. Is, you know what? It is so true. And, you know, let me tell you, like two weeks ago with Lucky to Ride, you know, our, one of our, our partnering nonprofit, we it's called Take a Kid Mountain Biking Day. Okay. And we go over to Ruby Hero. I get, 20 vol- I get all my volunteers. We had 20 some volunteers from the club so we could do all this. And several of my volunteers are- coaches and there was these kids come they've never been on a bike they can't even ride a bike it was amazing i am so impressed like my volunteers they'll take the pedals off the bike by the end of the ride they had these kids that's great riding their bikes everywhere even going on and i don't know if you've even been to ruby hill or know about it. it's mm-hmm. like a pump course it's like a little rolly hill track course oh okay and It is amazing, and what you see, and these kids love it because you're giving them attention. You're teaching them to ride a bike. You're helping them out. It's amazing, and it's the same in Tucson. You know, I go over, I ride with those high school kids. I talk to them. I want to know their history. You know what? Those kids look me in the eyes and they talk to me, and they carry on a conversation. They tell me their story because someone is interested in them. Yes, absolutely. Love it because you know what they have, you know, they don't have great childhoods, yeah. you know, their home life isn't good Yep. and yep. you know, they don't have anything. And like <laughs> you put new handlebar tape on their bike and they're like, they feel like it's a brand new bike. They get
0: <laughs> so that's it just it brings
2: way. me so much joy. Yes. Seeing the reaction of these kids. Nice. I mean, it's amazing. That's so
0: wonderful.
2: I, that's truly what I love the most about my job is I mean I love it everything about it and all the people and I love my community but just the joy I get just watching these kids you know outside on bikes just watching it's, them take off
0: and go It's fantastic. I love what you're doing. Yeah, isn't that magical to be able to do something for a living that you love, that you're passionate about, that that ties to a hobby and pays you a little bit of money and helps people and helps society. I mean, right. there you go, Sharon, that's the magic. It's a, right it's a win-win all the way around. Right. <laughs> that's so great. I love it. We ride the number four.org. Uh, Sharon, thank you so much for sharing your story and telling us about it on the RiderFlex podcast. I really appreciate it.
2: Thank you, Steve. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it.